So, Father, we come here this day to celebrate and recognize you as King. King Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And so, Father, we pray that your kingdom does not come in a militant way. Instead of invasion, you only come by invitation. And we so gladly welcome you to rule as our king. You have not come as an advisor. You are not merely our teacher. Preside over us as the king. Rule over us, Father, so that we can lift our voices up to proclaim your grace to our city, to our nations, and the peace to our nations. Disarm the arguments of those who deny you. Dissolve the defenses of those who resist your love. Give us hope for enduring days of peace that you alone can bring. We pray that fathers would serve and care for their families, that absentee fathers would change their lifestyle to nurture their wives and children, and that children would see the character of the Heavenly Father in the lives of their dads. Father, open our eyes, all of us who say we believe in you, to discern the difference of your language and the words and work of this nation system. Give us the ability to know and discern the difference so that we can proclaim your word, your light, your love, and your life to make a difference in this world. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, I'm going to stick with prayer, although we're in the um, Palm Sunday weekend, but tomorrow at the baptism, I will talk more about the palms. Amen. But I want to continue on with prayer, and I want to climax it with what I think is the greatest prayer that has ever been prayed by anyone. Amen. And so we're going to go to John 17, which is what I call the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Glory to his name. And who else would know how to pray the effectual, fervent prayers so that it can avail much but Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, um... The title of, of this message is Jesus' Example of Intercessory Prayer because Jesus is actually praying for us in John 17. And, and we also need to recognize that this prayer went, went forth before the cross, so he was preparing the disciples and everyone for the cross that was coming, that was coming about. All right, back to, uh, to my message today. Jesus, the Example of Intercessory Prayer. Uh, coming out of John 17, we will find in John 17, Jesus' portrait of prayer is the same as God's instruction to the disciples as how to pray in Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15, which we, we talked about that last week. We really dissected that last week, and I, it was a profile of how we're to pray. And so um, it, it, it shows you how to enter in, what you need to pray for when you begin to pray, and how you exit. So 
Jesus first prayed for himself in John 17. And, and, and if you remember when you're on the plane and they're giving you the instructions to prepare you for security just in case there's uh, a crash or something happens, they always tell the adult to put on their security first before you do the children because you can't help them if you're not safe. Okay, so over into John 17. Oh, God, this is like my favorite chapter in the Bible, okay? Uh, and um, like I said, this is really the Lord's prayer because Jesus is interceding on our behalf. So I'm going to break it up into parts. And verses 1 through 5 is where Jesus prays for his disciples. Hopefully that is us, which means followers and workers of Christ. Amen. So Jesus is, is praying for um, the disciples. First, he starts out the first part where he's actually praying for himself through adoration and glorification unto the Lord. And that's verses one through five. Then from six through 19, this is when he prays for us, the followers of Christ. And, and that's what Christian means. It means disciples of Christ who are following the Lord Jesus. And then at the last verses 20 through 26, he prays for all believers and all of and, and those who are going to come become believers. So he's praying for for everyone. Amen. So I'm going to break it up. We're going to first do verses one through five. And this is how it goes. These words spake Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. The hour has come. He's talking about the time for me to go to the cross to redeem mankind. That's the hour that had come. This is why Jesus is praying. So we got the master teacher that's telling us the important times that we need to pray. When you know you're about to face a dilemma, you know you're in a dilemma and one that you really don't have the answers for, that's the time to pray. That is not the time to complain. God knows the issues. He just wants to know, do you know the answer to the issue because you know the victor and his name is Jesus. Amen. So, so therefore, Jesus begins to pray. And, and um, he says, to glorify me as your son so that your son can glorify you. Uh, that just means, Lord, grace me to do what you purpose for me to do so that you are glorified by my life. Yeah. I am not here just to be here. I have a divine, a divine, a divine purpose, not just a natural purpose. Let me tell you, that natural purpose happens to be the bonus for doing what you're supposed to do divinely. See, our first purpose is to praise, worship God with our life to bring him glory. And the natural, you get to live some natural stuff like getting married, having children, buying houses, cars, clothes, food.
Those are the natural bonuses as a result of belonging to a divine God who puts you here to glorify him in the earth and to take dominion. Okay? He says, as thou hast given him power, he's talking about the Father giving him power, Jesus, and that power means all authority. You've given me authority over everything, okay, over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is the life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self and with the glory which I had with thee before the, Lord, before, uh, the world was. Okay, so Jesus is, is asking God to glorify him now that I have finished the work, which means now I can leave because the work is done. Okay. And what we need to understand that the work is the cross, the work is the cross. And this is the, it is recorded as the longest prayer one has ever prayed. This is the longest prayer. When we go down through this whole chapter, this is the longest prayer. And it was prayed with the disciples, which means he was doing corporate prayer. You know, we get caught off. Oh, and I don't pray. I just I, I pray. It's, prayer is private to me. I just pray to the Lord. There are private times, Amen. but prayer is not all private. Amen. Now, I'm telling you the story of the master teacher his name is Jesus Christ, who intercede, who did not find it necessary to just have private prayer. Amen. He had corporate prayer, okay? And this accomplishes much. This is why James tells us to pray effectual, fervent prayers that avail much. Amen. When it says avail much, it means your prayers will expose darkness. Your prayers, when you pray according to the word, will put the heavenly angels and our Lord and Savior at work on your behalf yes. because of what's been exposed. The prayers are supposed to expose what is under cuff, what is covered up by the enemy. The enemy wants to keep it covered up because as long as your stuff is covered up, then you are in denial. Nothing is done about it. But when you take the covers off of it and you expose it, now God has his way to do the work to bring the change. Amen. And the work of the cross is what Jesus came to do that will glorify God and it glorifies Jesus because of the redemptions of the soul. Jesus came to redeem lost souls. When Jesus redeemed lost souls like us, God is glorified by his presence. Amen. Now, what I determined by studying this, during this time, Jesus uh, is, is interceding for us. So during Jesus' intercession, he prays for every aspect of our needs which are spiritual needs and natural needs. First, he begins with adoration 
for the Father and to the Father. That's verse 1. Second, he prays submission to the Father's kingdom. That means the will of God. That comes in verses 2 through 5. Third, he prays intercession for others. That's verses 6 through 10. That means us. He intercedes for the church. That's us. Amen. Fourth, he prays for our provisions. That comes in verses 11 through 14. Fifth, he prays for our protection. That comes in verses 15 through 19. Sixth, he prays for our guidance. That comes in verses 20 through 26. And then he ends his prayer with thanksgiving and adoration. Is that not Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, the same instruction? God gave us the same instructions to pray that Jesus did as an example. What do that tell you? It's a sure way of praying. It's a powerful way of praying. It means that when you pray like this, things will be accomplished and things will change. You don't have to go into prayer when you pray like this, hoping and wondering if anything is going to change. It will change because Jesus would not have prayed anything that would not manifest at the end. He is the word. He is divine. He is life. He is light. How can he pray and not pray and cover what is necessary to be covered? Amen. Okay. So let's go through uh, verses 6 through 19. Okay. Um, Oh, wait a minute. I have some more notes before I go there. Okay. Jesus takes away the burden of human sorrow. Okay. I I, I do need to repeat that again because maybe some of us didn't hear that. Jesus takes away. He can, he shall, he will take away the burden of human sorrow. The reason it isn't gone has nothing to do with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It has everything to do with us. Amen. He also took the sting away of death. We die one time as believers. And you know how we die? We die to our flesh, to ourselves, to take on a spiritual understanding. So when the, when the other death comes that's going to wipe out your body, it's no sting. There's no suffering. The, the suffering is dying to our flesh. But after that, there is no suffering because you're just going up to glory. How are you going to suffer going to glory when you have lived for Jesus and you know who Jesus is and you understand Jesus? Amen. Amen. So and, and we need to understand the channel through eternal life for those who meet the conditions laid down in scriptures. And let's go over to a couple of scriptures so that you can understand that the channel through eternal life for those of us who meet the conditions that are laid down in, in, in scripture, you will have eternal life in the kingdom of God. So um, let's go over there quickly. Uh, John three sixteen, and I know everybody knows this scripture. <laughs> and, and these are the instructions of how you get to receive eternal life. Father, I just thank you for your spirit this day that is revealing the things that we need to know that will give us hope 
increase our belief and equip us with the ability to have dominion and authority over the spirit of darkness this day. And, and Satan, I serve notice to you this day that if you dare to come into this building, you are going to be disarmed. By the word of my mouth, which is the testimony of this word, and by the blood of the lamb and every human soul that has come in here, God is going to bless with a newness, with a refreshing, in the name of Jesus, and any unclean spirit that has walked up in here must go right now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over this house. He's Lord over every vessel that's present here. He is Lord. And no other Lord has space in here. You don't have no power in here. And you don't have no rights to be sitting up in here. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory. Now John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Did you hear the key word said, believe? Don't just do, believe. When I say do, I mean don't just show up believe because when you believe you can do beyond showing up you can take authority you can take dominion you don't have to deal with some stuff and you don't have to come against it in your flesh you don't have to come against it in your flesh whoever you're dealing with you don't have to do it in your flesh you can do it in the spirit because you've been changed by the blood of Jesus hallelujah and you can come against it with the word of God and have peace Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You don't get on the level of the Kushites in this world to deal with them. You don't act like Kushites to deal with them. You are on a higher kingdom. So you rise up to the kingdom of the living God and you speak kingdom language to the enemy. He will flee. Okay, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2 and 4. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. First Timothy 2 and 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved? That God would have all men to be see, saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Now, what you need to understand that this is, is, is the verse after what uh, uh, Paul is telling them about how to pray. And I need to say this so it will be encouraging to you. He's telling them, if you go to one in that same chapter, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, that's your petitions, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. Now, when the word king shows up in the Bible, it means those men who are in authority. So it's not just uh, political authority. It's not just church authority or employment, but it's also for your home. Because remember I said the man is the authority figure spiritually in the home. Amen. And it says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life 
in all godliness and honesty. So you see, Paul is telling us, you can't vote the right person in, but you surely can pray once they get in so that we can have a more peaceable and godly lifestyle. He says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Why? Because he would have that all men. That's why you need to be praying the salvation for these people who are operating in political offices. Pray for their salvation. Amen. So, and, and, and to come into the knowledge of truth, because people operated according to their truth, but it's a true, but it is not the truth. And until we come into the truth, you are not going to be free. Amen. Amen. Let's go to 2 Peter 3. 2 Peter 3, 9. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants us all to come to repentance. That's why he went to the cross. He went to the cross so that you can confess and repent and be cleansed. Because without the cross, we're living sinners. Do you understand that? Without believing and accepting the cross, we are living sinners. Okay, the last scripture we're going to go is is in Revelation 22, 17. And the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, And the bride said, say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Okay? The water of life freely is Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit is telling you to come, and those who have already have a covenant relationship with him are telling you to come and here, and if you're thirsty, you have any kind of need, come drink of the water that you will not thirst again ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, now uh, it says, through our faith in, in the cross, receiving eternal life makes all of God's benefits possible. Through accepting the cross of Jesus Christ, allow you to receive eternal life, but it makes all of God's benefits and his promises possible. Now, they're possible because we have a responsibility and an obligation to receive. And if we don't receive, then we cannot cash in on the benefits and the promises in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm telling y'all, You've heard the saying, once saved, always saved. It's true. Once saved, always saved. Amen? Amen. Even if you shrink back from God and isn't serving the Lord, you are still saved. Amen? Amen. The the turn that most people say, even if you have backslid, if you're a backslidden saint, you are still saved. And all you have to do is turn and come back. Amen. (laughs) Now, if you turn from Jesus to false beliefs and philosophies, you were never saved in the first place. 
So the good news is, is that if you are convicted, you come back home to your Savior. Amen. He is waiting. You remember the story where the, 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 the rich man had the two sons and the one cashed in on his inheritance before time, which was an insult to the father because that's supposed to be after he died. He's like, I want mine now. And he goes out into the world and he squandered and everything else. And, he, and, and, and then when he gets down and broke and don't have anything else, then he wakes up. Because sometimes that's what the Lord has to allow to happen to us in order to wake up from a sleeping death because we don't realize where the hell that we have put ourselves in because the enemy dangles carrots that makes it look good and sometimes feel good, okay? But for a while, the Lord allow you to stay in that so that you can go down to the bottom because when you wake up, you'll realize it was better up there than it is down here. I'm coming back, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> so I trust in, 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 in using in Jesus in the, in the work of the cross must supersede our trust in fallen man. The world system, academia, science, the medical system, the legal system, and so on, so on. Your trust in Jesus must supersede all of those other avenues. Amen? Now, am I saying do not use these systems? No. Please. But never let them be the deciding factor for you and definitely if their opinion isn't in agreement with what God speaks or it refutes his word. Never let it overpower what God has said. And I say power because you give credence and you give it power by your acceptance. Amen. So that shows you how much power we have. Because all you have to say is, I refute this lie in the name of Jesus. I will not accept this in the name of Jesus. I decree. Amen. Now, what you need to understand, because some people are talking about what God told me and is conflicting with what God does. And he does what he say. And everything he say is in the, is in the Bible. He don't speak a language outside of this Bible. Amen. Except for in, in, in the spirit. And, and, and if you could uh, interpret it, it will still be Bible. He's a man of honor. And he don't speak anything different or contrary, a forked tongue. Like us natural men, amen. amen. So you need you 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 need to, need to understand that God only speaks what is written in the Bible, and there are no other precepts that He speaks outside of the precepts that He has put in His Word, amen. amen. So be careful about what you prophesying, amen, to other people, because it sounds good. And just be, let me tell you something else: because you are saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost don't mean that everything that surfaces up in you is coming from him. Amen. See, that's, that's a deception of Satan because he wants you to speak out the wrong stuff. And he wants you to deceive other people that's going to lead them down the wrong road. Amen. You need to make sure that what you're speaking lines up with what the, the word of God is saying. 
And those who are listening, because you're so impressed with somebody who said that they're filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to make sure what you're hearing is lining up with what, what the word says. Don't go with it just because you're impressed with their spirituality. Amen. When he reveals new things to us from his word, it isn't a new thing. It's only new to us. It is, it is not a, something new, brand new, that you conjured up in like, oh, wow. It is just a revelation mystery that he has allowed you to see and to cash in on. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Mm. What happens when you get something new and different is that he has just unveiled a mystery out of his word that he has stored up for believers in the first place. Amen. See, growth comes because he reveals his mysteries to us as we ask, seek and knock. And open the windows for him, of, of his Bible, for him to come in and open up the windows of heaven. Yes. See, he's a gentleman, not like Satan. Satan will put stuff on you whether you ask for it or not. But God is a gentleman. And so he waits for us to ask, to seek, and to knock, to let him in. Because he wants to share his mysteries out of his word. The, the mysteries are in there for believers and believers only. So that means you have to be a God seeker to know what God has in store for us and what's entailed for us. You, you, don't, you can't just show up and think God is going to reveal some stuff to you because you happen to appear. He needs to know that you want to know. See, he first loved us. And because he first loved us, now we can love him back. Because if he hadn't loved us, we can't love him. But because he first loved us, now we can love him back. But he wants you to put some effort into that love. I mean, think about it. In a natural relationship, are you satisfied with somebody who never expresses their love? And I don't mean verbally. Sometimes, yes, we need to hear it verbally. But I'm talking about it's action out. Do you want them to show some action that reveals to you that they really love you to, to convince you of that love? You know, you don't take the... Take the attitude, well, I'm here, so I must love you. Really? You're here, but you are making no contributions to this relationship and to this intimacy. And I'm supposed to be happy because your body is present that's going to decay. It's decaying day by day. You're losing your mind day by day. Okay, help me, Holy Ghost. Ah, I'm seeing some natural things coming up out of you that if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be able to handle it. So you need to show me a little love to keep me encouraged, to keep on liking you. And then we'll get to the love part. Glory. Aren't you glad that Jesus ain't like that? <laughs> he loves us in all of our mess. <laughs> Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. You may turn your back on God, but confession and repentance will bring his forgiveness and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. Hold your spot in John, but let's go over to Romans chapter 8.
Romans chapter 8 and verses 35 through 39 says this, that will help you to understand how strong the love of the Lord is for us. Amen. 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long, meaning to your flesh. So these things can't take you away. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, back to John 17. And um, we're going to pick up the second part. Of, of, of his prayer where he's, he's interceding for believing believers. <laughs> Amen. 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 Now, this is when um, um, we see how Jesus in- intercedes on our behalf. And it is the responsibility of us believers to pray for the unbelievers to become believers because this is what he says in uh, verse 6 and 7. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. That's us. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Because he says, if you know me, you know the Father. If you know the Father, you know me. And so you know what's coming from heaven. Amen. He says, for I, give, I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have now surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. That's the premise of our salvation belief, Amen. that you believe that Jesus came from the Father Amen. to come to save us so that we can believe what the natural mind can't perceive. Amen. 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 And... and, and, and Only Jesus could proclaim this since he and the Father are one and always have been one because Jesus came from divinity. Okay, so in this, Jesus is actually interceding on behalf of the believers that we will take on the responsibility as the church to pray for unbelievers and to be the light and and let the glory of Jesus shine through us so that unbelievers can come to know him. You know, we, we must, must get out of the mindset, especially some of you seasoned saints, that all you just need to do is focus on you and just show up. We must, must live in a way that the light and the glory of Jesus magnify himself to unbelievers. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because that's how they're going to come, come, uh, come to him. He says... Um, Nine, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. 
but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. He says, I'm not praying for the world. The church is responsible for praying for the world. I'm praying for them so that they can continue to do the will of the Father. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I'm no longer, I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep them through thy own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus says, I, 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 I come to proclaim this, that you and I, Father, are one. And when I proclaim this to the believers, then they are able to go out and express that and shine that light for unbelievers to come. He says, the time for, for, it's time for me to go back to divinity to be with the Lord. Which means after the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection that he's going to be sitting back on the throne. But he has left his authority, he has left his name, he has given us the power through his blood to do and continue the work he was doing before he went back to be with the Father. Amen. He says, believers will be kept by the Spirit of God as we serve in a broken world. Kept from the spirit of darkness in this world as we keep our hearts and minds on Jesus as we Trust in him doing trying times, trials, and turmoils. Yes. Amen? Amen? And so he says, all who truly follow faith in Jesus Christ, anchored in the cross, will be kept. I got to say that again. All who truly follow faith in Jesus Christ, anchored in the cross, will be kept. Judas willfully sinned and lost, and, 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 and lost his state. Because it was prophesied for it to happen. Okay, here we read it over here in, in uh, 12. While I was with thee in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, he kept. Y'all hear that? Yeah. He wasn't keeping outsiders. Yeah. Okay, I have kept and none of them is lost. Did you hear that? Yeah. You may be sidetracked. Yeah. You may be backslidden a little. You may be off, but you are not lost. Because once you've been saved by Jesus, you are never lost. Okay? He says, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. That's Judas, who was influenced by the the son of darkness. (laughs) And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Oh, glory. I mean, uh, I I can't even do this any justice because... Uh, this is just so, so powerful. Um, let me stop before I go any further. Because to support what I just said concerning Judas, let's go to a couple of uh, scriptures to support this. And we'll start out with Psalms 41. Psalms 41.9. Psalms 41.9 support this fact that it was prophesied and Judas fulfilled the prophecy. Now, Judas did have a choice. <laughs> he didn't have to do that, okay? Verse 9 say, Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, have lifted up his heel against me. Remember at the Last Supper? Yep. And he said that somebody was in among them was going to uh, deceive him, okay? He broke bread with him. 
So that's why in, in, in uh, Corinthians, it tells us about the breaking bread, eating bread with uh, unrighteous folks. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> Psalm 69, 69 verses 25 through, um, 25 through 29. Let their habitation be desolate. He's talking about the enemy. And let none dwell in their tents. In other words, you're not going to have no peace. See, that's why we don't have to worry about the enemy and what people are doing that is stupid. Okay? For for they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, and, and, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. Amen. Now, see, that's powerful. See, for religious believers, oh, you don't want to see nothing happen to nobody. You wouldn't pray that. No. <laughs> You're praying against the spirit behind the folks. Yes. You're not praying for destruction to the people. You're praying for that spirit that's giving them, empowering them. Because you've got to remember, there's two powers on the earth. That's the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the power of Satan. And we are going to be controlled by one or the other. It depends on who you yield your will to. Don't, don't talk about this. Well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but yield your will over to darkness, to lies, to deception, and see who's going to control you. Amen. This is why I am so adamant about what we ingest, what we see, what we receive through your eye gate, your ear gate and your mouth. You have to be careful what you allow to come inside of you because it lays there to rule and to control. That's why you are particular about what you're watching, what you're listening to and who you surround yourself with in order to be safe and to continue on in the way of Christ. Because you become a believer of something that you thought you didn't believe. Okay. Uh, Psalms 109. Psalms 109.8. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Oh! <laughs> okay, let me say that again. Now, y'all, especially, uh, especially the morning glory intercessors. Let his days be few and let another take his office. <laughs> Oh, I, I see some of y'all looking at me like, what is she talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Jesus, have your way, Lord. Righteousness will prevail. Evil will be cut down, withered like the green grass. Okay, let's go over to New Testament, uh, Acts 1. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. We serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And what his will is shall be done. I don't care who gets in office. God's will will be done. He will protect the righteous. And we shall flourish like the palm tree in Lebanon. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Acts 1, 20 through 25. For it is written in the book of songs, let his habitation be desolate. And let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men which have 
companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? And they, and they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias, and they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell, that he might go to his own place. Amen. 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 You hear how we can pray to change darkness, to remove darkness away from us and put light in place. And I'm not talking about putting church folks and born-again people, although they need to hold office, but I'm not talking about putting church folks and born-again people in, in the office. I'm talking about moral people, people who will listen to the truth and, and, and take advice. Amen? Okay, let's go back to John 17, because I'm, I'm going to bring this to a closure preferably soon so we can, um, we can pray. Um, okay, 13 through 19. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and, and the world have hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So you need to, you need to see, when you're in Christ, and you obey and hearken to the world, to the word, the world is not going to like you, and they're not going to agree with you. But you don't have to worry about that. Because he has our back and he's going to protect us. And plus, it doesn't matter. It's where you're going to spend eternal life at is what matters. So your comfort zone right here don't matter, not nearly as important as it is about where you're going to spend eternity. So if you, if you can't stand the heat, you're in trouble. Okay, we're going to have to stand some heat. But all we have to do is cry out to the master. And he go in that furnace with us, and we don't feel the heat any longer. Amen. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take, it, take, it, take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. So God is praying for our protection and guidance. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That means set them apart. Did y'all hear that? We're supposed to be set apart from the world. Amen. Amen. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And thou have sent me into the world. Even so have I also sent them into the world. That means the church is on a mission for the whole world to hear the word. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. If Jesus is sanctified and you have accepted Jesus Christ into your spirit, you are sanctified and he sets us apart to do the work of the ministry. Do you understand? It, it, it is nothing about what you do or could think of. It's about what you believe and you receive. And the more you receive, the more you believe, the greater you'll come up in the righteousness to glorify your master. Amen. That's the key. Stop trying to do stuff 
to put you in a position that you got in when you accepted Jesus Christ by faith and grace. Now let the word work on you to manifest what you are in him and what he can do through you. Now let grace suspend you from hell and sin so that you can do the work of the ministry and not faint. That's why Paul tells us, fight the good fight of faith. The other battles, leave it up to the Lord. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to get to the last part where Jesus is um, praying for the believers. And he says, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through thy word. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I am thee. And that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou have sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. You know what? I hope y'all heard that. Because that should be encouraging. If you're going to be one with the Father and the Son, that empowers you. That's a protection plan. Amen? He says, and the glory which thou gavest me, I've given, I've given them that they may be one even as we are one. We are one in deity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, what we need to understand, that Jesus is interceding on our behalf. And when he intercedes on us, we are covered by the blood because Jesus holds the cup of his blood to intercede between our sin and problem and his divine blessing. When Jesus is interceding for us, he's holding up the cup of blood to the father that comes between the sin and the problem that we're facing and God's divinity. Amen. Let me tell you, we are responsible for receiving the word that sanctify us in order to be separated by it. Now, a covenant between two takes work on both parties. Okay? However, in this case, only one shed blood to cut this covenant. And his name is Jesus. Amen? Okay. Let me finish reading. I'm going to bring this to a close. There's a lot of stuff I've skipped over, but okay, for the sake of time. Okay. Um, I think I'm in verse 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. That should have been a shouting statement. (laughs) Father, I will that they also with whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Where I am, says Jesus. Do you know where he is? Glory. When all power and authority has been given unto him. Are y'all saved? Yes. That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world have not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. That's a revelation that sets you free, sets you apart, sanctifies you. 
and give you privileges that unbelievers don't have. When you understand that you have those privileges, you are now being equipped to fight the battle against darkness. And I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Okay, I'm going to read my notes real quickly. Jesus prayed for all believers. The word must be taken to all of the world. This is why preachers of the word should not focus on popularity and being seen, but on knowing doctrinal truth and the courage to speak it out and live it for unbelievers all over the world to come to know Jesus and be saved. God did not give the gift of preaching and teaching to bring uh, uh, for you to be prestigious. It ain't about being prestigious. Yes, you're supposed to be honored because you're bringing a word, but he didn't bring, he didn't give you that ability. He gave you that ability to shine light on the darkness, to bring souls out of hell and out of darkness, not for you to be reverent and set upon high to look great and all of that. I keep telling you, he ain't coming for nobody who looks good, but who are good. Amen. He's giving people the ability to preach and teach, to inform, employ, equip believers for them to go out to the world so that they can bring people to Christ and come to to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because what you need to understand, we're at the end times. And you don't want to be left behind playing a game for popularity to be known, to sound good, for people to praise you and applaud you. What good is that going to do for a soul? And more importantly, what is it doing for your soul while you're sitting up here eating up all of that? We're going to have to answer. Spiritual unity that he talks about in verse 21 is not organizational unity. Spiritual unity can only be brought about by love. That is what makes it spiritual and a willing obedience constrained by love. Okay, it's not, it's not organizational unity. In other words, when we are in u- unity together doing stuff, it's because, first of all, we love God so much. Yes. And then we can love each other. Yes. And when, you're in, when you love God and you love each other, love the saints like that, you want to be right, you want to be o- in order, because God is a God of order. Yes. Amen. Okay, Um, and in uh, verse 22, when he talks about uh, the glory which thou gavest me, I give them that they may be one even as we are one, Father and Son, one in unity and in glory, one in communion for the purpose and glory. When we are in unity with Jesus, he's glorified, but we get glory. Amen? Amen. And that's what he wants to see happens. In verse uh, 23, he says, in them thou and me, that they may be made perfect. We, uh, you all know what I mean when I say perfect. Yeah. Okay, it's being mature. Yeah. Being in Christ, yielded to Christ, not by name only, makes us one in Christ. Without Jesus Christ and, surround, and surrounding, uh, surrendering to him, this kind of unity can never happen except for by the cross. Yeah. 
by the cross. We are in unity with Jesus. Okay? And by his love and yielded to his will and his plans, we can be in unity with each other. Jesus sacrifices cause the impossible to happen and for his spiritual being to dominate our flesh if we are willing. In other words, you don't have to fret it or try to figure out how you're going to work it. All you need to do is confess your love to Jesus, will your will to obey what he's telling you, obey that, and everything else will work because he will dominate your spirit by his spirit because you have yielded yourself over to him. If you don't yield yourself over to him, then it is not going to work. In verse uh, verse 24, when he says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. This verse proclaims Jesus' pre-existence before the foundation of the earth, which qualify him to be part of the deity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When we can understand that, we will understand how powerful the God that we serve. And 25 and 26, uh, when it says, O righteous Father, the world have not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou have sent me salvation. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. After the fall in the garden of Eden, sin caused the world to be spiritually dead. And this is why Jesus came to bring light to to who, whoever, whosoever wants it. Yeah. It's, it's a free will gift. Yeah. But until you accept Jesus Christ, you are in the dark. You are a sinner, a walking dead person. Okay? Because of the fall in the garden. So Jesus came. He, he was the perpetuation for us to be able to come up out of de- death, death and sin and to rise into heavenly bliss and to kingdom living and dominion over, the, over this earth. The relationship between the father and the son is beyond mere acquaintance. It's far more than what human can comprehend. Jesus, the Redeemer's mission of redeeming the world, gives believers the light to see spiritually what cannot be viewed with natural eyes. We have learned of you and will learn more of you. That means we have learned of Jesus and we will continually learn more of Jesus. That's what he means in in 26, that what he has declared unto us. Why will we continually learn more of him? Because as you believe him and trust in him and do his will, you are learning more about who your savior is, who your Lord is. He portrayed his character to us, through us, when we seek him and depend on him and trust him to do what he needs to do. We, when we see him in operation, we're getting to see different uh, faculties of his, of his personality. And you can't see his personality when you're not pulling on him, drawing from him, asking him, appealing his court. You have to do these things in order to see him operate in your life. Okay, and so uh, we will learn these things when we reach out and grab a hold of him and see his love for us that he's freely given to us. And it's so great of love that 
human mind cannot comprehend. Now, I want to I want to share something else with you. <laughs> because we are in a battle. Let me let let me just tell you the motivation for sharing this, but after learning how Jesus prayed that equips us to tell us how we can pray and how our prayers have power. Don't pray thinking, well, Lord, if it's your will. Don't pray, well, God, I wish, I just wish you would. You go boldly before the throne room. The veil has been ripped so that you can go boldly to the throne room and appeal and petition God's court with his will. This is his will. He don't change his mind except for to take us back when we messed up. Amen. We are in some warfare times. You need to know that you are in a war. And we need to know how to battle this war. So we've learned that we have authority through Jesus Christ, that he intercedes on our behalf at all times along with the Holy Spirit. So we can go in the war zone and do battle. And we need to. Have anybody heard about what's forthcoming in April in Southfield? Is is the hoodoo? The hoodoo fest. Hoodoo voodoo. Have you, some of you have heard about that? It's a fest that's going on. How many days? Those of you who know. Two days. Two days of festivities all day long. Well, all different kinds of diviners they, that specialize in certain things that they say they've come to help us, poor folks. Okay? We're going to help them. We're going to pray that down and pray that they will get saved. Maybe there's some people a whole lot bolder than we are and, and confident that will go there and, and, and speak some stuff in the presence. But I'm, we're going to pray that the finances, because you know you got to pay for all that stuff, Amen. that the finances will be touched. Okay? But I need to read some stuff to you so that you can understand and, and pray this down. Okay? Um, I'm going to read some stuff, and it won't take long. These people are what we call destiny stealers. And see, there are some innocent people who don't know Jesus, who don't know Jesus. And I'm not just talking about those who are out there in the world. There's some of us in the church who don't know Jesus, okay, that are going to be caught up by their lies and their deceit and their demonic miracles. Amen. And the reason why the, the miracles are so successful, because you go in there expecting and believing. Okay, this is by uh, Exposing the Enemy by John Ramirez. Okay, and so I, I, it says, if we are caught unaware, we may miss God's warnings and fall into the enemy's hands and so create bad soul ties and bondages in our life. There is also another danger we seldom speak about that the enemy uses against us. It is a setup of being unequally yoked with unbelievers or even marrying the wrong believer. Many times people have married another Christian that the Lord has not hand selected for them. Maybe because that person is not spiritually mature or maybe there are things that they haven't surrendered to the Lord 
or maybe they are not concerned spiritually to the maturity, I mean, to the ministry God has called for you. They could also be a wolf in sheep's clothing, handpicked by the enemy to sabotage your ministry for your life. The Bible is filled with stories where we can learn from about how to stay free from bondages and shackles that, that, led, that led to bad soul ties. One of the saddest examples in the Old Testament, now this is going to blow your socks off, one of the saddest examples in the Old Testament has to do with Jonathan and King Saul, his father. When God gave this young man, Jonathan, a good soul tie, who was David, instead of cultivating that good soul tie, he kept his alliance and commitment to his dad. He was doing two things. And you cannot serve two masters. So in order to give you a full commitment, you're going to have to let go of that other. Okay? I can only imagine if Jonathan had done a 180-degree turn and followed David, what his life had been like. But because of that one bad soul tie, he, be, he came to an earthly death. How can many Christians learn from this, including myself? There are strong warnings that we should never take lightly. The Lord has allowed these warnings to be in his word for our own protection against the enemy. The devil knows our carnal desires better than we know ourselves, which sometimes overpower our spiritual knowledge. Many times he takes advantage when we give him those opportunities to create a bad soul tie. I say this with a sad heart, but many Christians today, because of the lust of the eyes and flesh and the pride of life, had made some bad decisions instead of agreeing with God. They came into an agreement with the devil, and because of the consequences of their choices, they are not living God's best for their lives. Do you know, this is talking about a divine partnership, do you know that you are in partnership with God? Partnership with God. Do you know that there is a covenant made within this partnership? When you accepted Jesus in your life, you made an agreement to be in partnership and you made a commitment to keep your end of the deal, to fight the good fight of faith. Okay, if you're in partnership with Jesus, you got the best partner in the world, but we need to commit to that partnership and not take stuff for granted. The enemy is looking for every opportunity to distort, delay, and even to void your part of this contract. Many of my brothers and sisters today start strong. But somewhere down the line, the demons got a hold of them and sabotaged their part of their contract. Many have backslidden and even have the audacity to say that Jesus didn't work for them. That's how some people pulled away, just because they wasn't taught how Jesus worked and what your part, what he's expecting from us. Because we're always looking for God to do something, but what have you done for him lately? Truth be told, though they never kept their end of the deal, Jesus works all the time. And all things work together for good for those who love him. Warning, who have you tied yourself to? The cross or the world? The Bible says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Now, there's a difference between having acquaintance and those that you are having fellowship with. Okay? How can righteous be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? 
Let me leave you with this thought. Do you know the voice of God for your life? Or have you been listening to the voice of the devil? How easily we as believers, and especially non-believers, allow the devil and his henchmen to open doors in our lives quick as lightning, but it takes a lifetime for us to close them. Be watchful in your walk with God. The devil is after us nonstop. Many of us are too are so quick to believe the enemy of our lives over the eternal God, Jesus Christ, who created us. Falling hard to the words we speak that are lifeless, that are hurting ourselves, hurting others, and grieving the heart of God. If we are not vigilant, we may let our life slip away through the pitfalls of delay, believing distorted truth, generational curses, demonic friendships, and the people we connect to, bad soul ties, and so wind up missing God's best. The devil is relentless, but we have the victory in Jesus Christ. It's time to close those doors and never look back. Trust in the finished work of the cross. Don't be caught up by superstition. Negative words that may be a fact, but not God's best or truth for you caught up in the world's view and intellectual philosophy that cannot feed your spirit, instead feeds the brain only. Are you tired of that? Because if you are, as a believer, we can do something about it. But you need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in order to do this. And every believing believer filled with the Holy Spirit, can fight that good fight of faith and, and, and declare Satan out of your life and out of your business, out of your family. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen? If you have been saved, which means you have invited Jesus Christ to be your Savior, to live into your heart, well, today you're going to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And this is for children as well as for the adults. Okay? So, anyone that wants to receive the Holy Spirit into your heart, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want all of the young people who have not been filled to be filled and, and and if you have strayed away you need to be refilled amen and I'm talking to my teens preferably in the name of Jesus hallelujah Jesus do you understand especially the children you have any questions concerning the infilling of the Holy Spirit ask them right now and we will help you so I'm going to pray the prayer and then after that any, any saint that's behind another saint, then I want you to, when I say we're going to pray, all pray in the spirit. I want you all to lay hands on them. You pray in the spirit. And let me tell you, when you're going to pray in the spirit, it's not a head knowledge. You don't have to think about it. It comes from here. It'll come out. It'll come from here. It's not about you. Don't be thinking and worrying about how you sound. Let me tell you. If it was about you, you'll, you'll recognize it was French, German, or whatever. 
but because it's not coming from your head, it's coming from the spirit of the living God, then you won't recognize the language, but you will feel it because it comes from your belly up out of your mouth, not from your head down. Are y'all with me? Do you believe? You believe that Jesus died for you. You believe that he sent gifts for you. That he sent the Holy Spirit to help you. And that if you ask him for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Do you believe? Okay. Dear Lord Jesus, your people are here because they want all the gifts you have for them. And so we implored you now, Lord, to fill every soul that's present with your Holy Spirit, with the evidence of praying in the holy language, Jesus. It is a holy language that you set aside to equip your people to magnify your being in them, Jesus. So I pray, even for our children, Lord, that they will receive the infilling of your Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking and praying in tongues. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now lay hands on them and start praying in the tongues, and they start praying in tongues. Start praying in, in tongues in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We're still in service. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for filling the saints with your spirit, with the evidence of speaking with, with tongues, with new tongues. And for those who got filled, but maybe your language didn't come forth, don't be discouraged. It can happen anytime. It don't have to happen right on the spot. It can happen at any time. Just be open to receive and believe, and it will happen. Amen. Um, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I was in my bedroom by myself watching Fred Price on TV, and he led the people to, uh, to uh, in prayer to receive it. And then he says, on the count of one, two, three, I want you to begin to pray in, in your language. And because I wanted it that badly, I wasn't playing, I had the door closed, so I didn't get any interruptions, nobody knew what I was doing. But because I wanted it so badly, I began to pray in, in, in my Holy Spirit language. So it can happen, you can't make any determinations, but it can happen, but there's, you must be free to believe and to receive, and you must open your mouth. He's not gonna pry your lips open. You must open your mouth and begin to speak it out. If you do nothing but just start praising him or calling his name, it will come forth. He's not a man who will lie. Amen. Um, let's do the benediction because I don't want that to go, to go by without me doing that. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you making himself available to you as your heavenly father and he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent satan and all of your enemies from harming you may he protect your body soul mind spirit your loved ones and all your possessions the lord make his face shine upon you May Yahweh, he who exists, 
illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. And be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you, give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blessings of your presence here today and that you've touched children and adults and you have touched relationships. God, we just bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name.